This is Jim Wallace for the Soul of the Nation. It's Holy Week. I was in a TV studio when the fire broke out at Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. I watched it on the studio monitor as the blaze grew and quickly overrode all other news coverage. It was stunning to watch for all of us on the set during that moment, and you could quickly feel and see the pain of so many, including many millions who don't identify as Christian. I was particularly moved by the images and videos of crowds of people of all faiths, and perhaps even no current faith, gathered in the streets outside the cathedral, singing hymns together during the height of the blaze, especially as the outcome was still very uncertain and many thought the whole cathedral would be destroyed. It was a remarkable outpouring of collective pain and collective hope. And in many ways, it felt fitting at the outset of Holy Week to feel, acknowledge the pain, but to believe that there is indeed a deeper hope, even then, all of our pain. So, Holy Week for Christians represents a dramatic movement from pain to hope. We deeply feel and lament the pain Jesus Christ endured for us. We also feel our personal pain and the pain of those close to us, and then the world's pain all around us. Then we rejoice as that pain gives way to the eternal hope that is always available to us through the resurrection. A hope that is not just for ourselves, but for the world. We say Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. With a joy that surpasses understanding. We see both the pain and the hope that Holy Week exemplifies all around us. The pain is everywhere. Just this week, we seem to be seeing an attorney general picked to protect the president, doing just that in ways that could literally erode and destroy democracy, in ways that are deeply corrosive to the heart of our democratic faith in this country. And that same attorney general, unbelievably to me, uh, this week demonstrated his loyalty again to this president by telling asylum seekers, those fleeing violence in their own countries, that they will be detained without bail in jails. You come looking for safety and freedom, we'll put you in jail. And he said, literally, no bail. We see the continuing open wounds of structural racism, patriarchy, and other forms of oppression exacerbated by this current administration again and again and again. We see Islamophobia, anti-Semitism, other forms of hatred practiced more virulently and openly than any time in recent memory. Every day, it seems we get new scientific information or data from observing the weather that reinforces the inescapable fact that we are running out of time to avoid the most catastrophic levels of climate change. And those most vulnerable around the world will be the first and most impacted people. I find this extraordinary. We see crowdfunding campaigns for people trying to pay for medical procedures or insulin or 
hear stories of people who died because they couldn't afford the treatment they needed. Easter is a desperately needed reminder every year that pain, loss, and death do not get the final word. Beyond so much public pain, we know all too well that everyone has pain in their own lives and their families' lives, those who are closest to us. And yet, Easter is a desperately needed reminder every year that pain and loss and death do not get the final word. The resurrection of Jesus Christ teaches us that there always is and always will be hope, and we don't carry that hope in vain. And that resurrection hope is one we can see mirrored in our lives and current events if we know where to look. Let me be clear on this Good Friday as I sit here doing this podcast. I believe in the actual historical resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Both my faith and my hope absolutely depend on the resurrection of Jesus. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't have faith and I wouldn't have hope. Believing in this resurrection helps me more easily see the continuing signs of hope in our world and our moment right now. Believing helps me to continue to trust that hope can indeed be greater than all the pain in our world, in our lives, and in the pain of those even closest to us. Let me give you some signs of that hope that I see. The Parkland students continue to give me hope, speaking and acting after the horrible loss of their classmates to gun violence in 2018. Like many of you, I was watching and listening very carefully to the students who were speaking out and mobilizing after 17 of their friends, classmates, teachers, and coaches were killed in another mass shooting with an assault weapon. Their voices have continued to spread around the country. Their shared values are serving to preserve and protect lives, to shine a light on what needs to change with our gun laws and regulations, and to make me hope that we will eventually win this moral and political battle. Women who marched into the streets after the inauguration, and many who headed toward becoming new elected officials in the midterm elections of 2018, have been one of the most powerful and hopeful signs in these dangerous times. So have the women who have had the courage to stand up to sexual harassment and assault, creating the Me Too and the Church Too movements, shedding a light on our patriarchal culture. All of these are signs of hope. One of the most powerful signs of hope are all the young people of color standing up for what is right and for a better future for their children, despite the odds against them, in movements like Black Lives Matter, which gives many of us a hopeful sign of long-term racial progress right in the face of the repressive racism in the current regime. I also find hope in the black pastors who are willing to speak truth to power. Also, the unprecedented diversity in the new Congress and specific new leaders like Representative Lucy McBath, who I just spent a wonderful hour with just last week, a champion of gun safety after losing her son to racist gun violence. She's a great sign of hope to me right now, as well as the new diverse leadership in state governments like Minnesota's Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan, 
now the highest-ranking Native American official in any state. Peggy, who I know well, I think is our political future. Then there's Greta Thunberg, the 16-year-old Swedish climate activist who has been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize, (laughs) and so many of her generation who led the youth climate strike on March 15th as part of the Fridays for the Future movement. These are teenage kids who are changing the conversation about climate change around the world. They're also practical things, even policy things that give me hope, like Amendment 4 in Florida, restoring voting rights to people formerly convicted of felonies supported by groups and people ranging from the Christian Coalition of America to the Florida Conference of Catholic Bishops, progressive faith groups, both evangelicals who believe that God gives us second chances, and the ACLU who believes in human rights. What a coalition supporting that amendment. And a very hopeful meeting just occurred at the Vatican just last week with energy from both grassroots leaders in the Global South and cardinals from the Catholic Church, and with the blessing of Pope Francis, to commit to a future of creative, nonviolent action to resolve our many human conflicts. Watch this one. You're going to hear much more about this. Such examples are not perfect, but they do give us hope for a different kind of future than we have today. And just like private pain, There are signs of hope at the personal, family, and community levels that never get covered by the media, but change the lives of people who experience them. So even when things seem at their most hopeless, when we feel as Jesus' disciples and loved ones felt on Good Friday, we remember that hope isn't just a feeling that comes and goes. Hope is so much more than optimism. It's a decision. Hope is a decision we make based on what we call faith. And it's a decision we can and need to make every day. Or as my dear friend, evangelist Tony Campolo loves to preach, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. So happy Easter to all of you. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed.